This is Design Driven, the podcast about using design thinking to build great products and lasting companies. Whether you're running a startup or trying something new inside a Fortune 1000, the tools, methods, and insights we talk about will help you create things people love. And now, your host, Jay Cornelius. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Design Driven. I'm super excited to have Jose Coronado on the show today. Uh, one of the best thinkers in the industry, um, especially around banking and fintech. He is the head of design operations at Digital Experience Design at JP Morgan. I've been doing some great work for a long time. Jose, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Very excited to, to share some of my experience and my stories with, uh, with the audience. Um, as you mentioned, I, I've been uh, with the bank for about two years, uh, building the design operations practice in the corporate investment bank uh, division of, uh, of JP Morgan. And as uh, many uh, design leaders uh, in, you know, over the last 10 or 20 years, uh, we've been focusing on, on growing our teams, growing our talent, uh, creating the processes and the foundation uh, of, uh, of all the, the, the needs that the team has. But now with the focus on design operations, we're actually able to uh, have a, a team dedicated to, to creating that foundation uh, while the design leaders focus on, on the strategy and the value that they have to deliver to the organization. Yeah, and it's good to hear the big banks thinking that way. Um, you know, anyone who has been around long enough um, to see startups do good design operations and build really good products, high quality, well-designed products in a very short period of time knows that you know, there's an advantage there. There's an advantage to having a team that knows how to build things. And so it's great to see that being brought into some of the bigger legacy institutions. Can you talk a little bit about the challenges that, that, that you faced or that you see in the industry uh, for some of these larger organizations to implement like a, a better design process and, and more effective design teams? Yeah, I think uh, one of the bigger challenges uh, for organizations like ours, it's uh, the growth and the demand. Uh, when I first started um, you know, my interview process a, few, a couple of years ago, the team was 80. When I got hired, the team was 100. Uh, this year, we're 150, and we're going to grow probably to about, about 180. Uh, so with that uh, rate of growth, uh, the, the pains of first onboarding the right talent, getting them up to speed on the domain area that they are going to be working on, uh, those, are, those are some of the key challenges that, that um, organizations and particularly uh, complex financial services organizations face. So how do we get uh, the right uh, processes for onboarding people? How do we get the right processes to grow the talent that we have and have them uh, uh, acquaint or get up to speed in the domain that they have to work on? Uh, creating the processes for them to collaborate with uh, technology and, and business partners, and also having the right infrastructure and tools and technology that they need to get their work done. So those are uh, kind of a broad strokes perspective of the, of the kind of challenges that a team like mine uh, deals with day in, day out uh, to support uh, 
uh, the, the broader design organization, but also how the design organization interacts with the partner teams that they have to deal with. Right. And there's that, that intersection of, of the business needs that, you know, that have to be uh, in place for the, in order for the business to succeed, the technology infrastructure, all the, the tech, the, the, the tools and the systems, and then design as a, as a discipline. And those things intersect, but often they they don't have equal standing or they don't intersect equally. And, uh, you know, in, in one of our previous conversations, you mentioned that that classic Venn diagram where people have business design and tech and they, it's all pretty and everything's equal, but that's really rarely the case. So can you talk a little bit about? Absolutely. And I think there's a, um, you know, the design community makes fun of these Venn diagram uh, because it's, it, any design conference that you go to, you will see the perfect uh, uh, right size circles uh, that intersect and create that ideal uh, collaboration model. Yep. Uh, but uh, depending on the organization that you look at, uh, technology will be the, the driver uh, and the lopsided uh, of the of the diagram, uh, where business might have a, a substantial presence, but then design gets shrunk uh, into a level that it is just a, a contributing cog, not even a, a an, an equal equal partner in that. And there's other organizations where the business is the is the driver. Uh, the mm -hmm. business uh, has the the larger perspective on on uh, basically order delivery. This is what we need to, to do. Uh, and uh, designers just need to execute or technology and design just need to execute on that, uh, on that vision. And I think um, uh, it, independent on, on whether you're in financial services or in a enterprise technology or in a startup, uh, you have to find those partners within your organization that will give you a little bit better of a balance in that, um, in that uh, dynamic. And if you're in a disadvantaged situation, in a lopsided uh, situation, it is up to you and the design leadership in your organization to make inroads into creating um, better partnerships with those um, uh, groups in business and technology uh, to increase the standing of the design organization and the design, uh, how design contributes to to have an impact in that. Uh, in yeah. That so, so is it somebody in the design organization going and making friends with people in business and making friends with people in tech and cementing those kind of personal relationships, so Absolutely. that you can so you can have better collaboration across those different kind of departmental silos. Yeah, and I think uh, it is it is a multi-tier uh, developing those relationships. We have uh, one of our, our parameters in terms of um, a professional development is communication, partnership, and personal impact. Mm -hmm. So the partnerships, obviously, at the leadership level, but also the partnerships at the ex execution level. Mm -hmm. And the personal mm -hmm. impact is where everybody, you know, from the leader of the design group in that particular domain to the uh, producer in that uh, design team, everybody has to have a different level of personal impact that they contribute to uh, cementing that relationship and developing those partnerships uh, effectively with those teams that we work with. Yeah, so you've got design, the word design is in your title twice. So you've probably had to 
to do some of that, right? You've had to go to business, you've had to go to tech and create some of those relationships and, and, and try to uh, foster more collaboration. So what are some of the things that, that you've done or, or maybe what's a, uh, what are some war stories from when, yeah, it, when it has I, or hasn't gone right? Yeah, I think historically uh, design leaders have to uh, be responsible directly for the operations of the team. Uh, so we have to identify the talent. We have to recruit the talent. We have to create the career paths for them to develop. We have to bring the tools that the team uh, needed. We have to create the design system that the, uh, that the organization needed and then basically make the, the, the business case, case and the sales pitch to, to the organization. Uh, but now with the focus on design operations, I think um, uh, one, one example of, of, uh, of a program that my team is responsible for is the onboarding of, of designers to the organization. And um, that was one of the first things that um, I, I created the space and dedicated the people from my team to do when I first joined. And it was a high touch in-person um, process in the office, face to face. And here comes the pandemic. What do we yeah. do? Because we had the, the foundation built of the process, given it was in person and in the office, we were able to translate that into a digital process, uh, remote and um, the interaction uh, that, that we had. So our transition was actually possible because we already have a foundation but there are many cases where that foundation does not exist and you have to build the process from scratch. Mm -hmm. So what do you see in terms of um, the business folks? We talked a little bit about kind of proving the ROI of, biz, of, of design, which I think is a, um, it's a black hole argument, right? You're not, you're not, no other big department like that has to prove ROI on a consistent basis. Like, like people ask of design and in a bank where, I would imagine many, many things are run by spreadsheet. How do you justify the, the, both the time and the, and the money cost of doing design in the right way, doing good design operations? Yeah, I think um, I'm going, uh, one, one, one interaction that I had recently was about uh, a, a too many people in a strategy and not too many people doing wireframes. Uh, but I would argue, you know, that many of the deliverables from my team are not are neither a design strategy or wireframes. They are actually the business spreadsheets and the business models that mm -hmm. we have to to push for. Um, I think uh, from a foundational perspective, one of the things that uh, we have to do as a design organization is make sure that we run our design org as a business. Um, mm -hmm. That does not necessarily translate to a return on investment, but is how uh, responsible and aligned we are with uh, the investment that the organization makes on design, how we uh, allocate uh, the right people to the right priority projects, and basically how we demonstrate that their contribution is actually helping drive uh, the, the business strategy uh, agenda forward at the same time that they're being effective in their collaboration with the technology partners. Uh, and you're absolutely right. Uh, design is the only discipline uh, in, uh, in an organization, not the only one, but one of the few disciplines in the organization that has to uh, constantly demonstrate how, that, uh, how they are contributing to the, to the return on investment. So what are the metrics that we can identify both for the 
operations of the design team and what are the metrics that we can identify as we contribute to the organization at large. Yeah, and one of the interesting things to me is when you start thinking about the ROI, because and I'm thinking about that intersection between the design and the business organization, right? Because you know, tech has its its purpose, and you know, we can't survive without tech. But the biggest struggle that I see is that intersection between the design and business works. The MBAs don't understand the subjectivity of design and why it matters, and so they're constantly looking to prove that ROI. And so to get those two teams working together, you have to start speaking the same language. And I, I like what you said about um, the design team has to function as a business and kind of report on its activities in a business way. And I've been saying for years that designers should learn how to business. They should learn the terminology of the MBA and, and be able to speak that. So getting to the, the topic of, of people, process, and infrastructure alignment, how, like, what are some practical ways or what are some things that you've seen work really well in getting that design team and the business team to function more as one unit instead of two different sides of the coin? Um, I think uh, one of our uh, current opportunities that we're actually investing on is um, helping the designers in, in a corporate investment bank environment understand the domain area that they have uh, tackled. Many of our designers come from non-financial services background. So providing them with the foundational and the education perspective that they need to get up to speed to understand the, the business domain. When they understand the business domain, where it says, uh, you know, markets trading, um, uh, rates, wholesale payments, money movement, when they understand the domain that they work in, they can have a better, more informed conversation with their business partners and their business partners see them more of as an equal rather than a, a subordinate of them to do the work. Yeah. And I think uh, whether it's uh, in financial services or in uh, you know human capital management or you, you name the domain area that you're working uh, as a designer, the, the higher and the better, the stronger the understanding that you have of the business domain, the better your interactions are going to happen with the product owners, with the lines of business uh, leaders, and they will see you more of an equal partner to them rather than a person that doesn't have a clue and cannot be a contributor to their strategy as a whole. Yeah, right. Do you think the opposite is also true? Like the business people need to be educated on the process of design so that they can better understand when we come to them with a certain uh, like phase of work, they can understand why we're at that phase and not doing something else? Uh, I think uh, the, the short answer would be yes, but let me give you a little bit of context. Uh, about 10 years ago, I used to think that part of our role as design leaders was to um, build the design IQ of the organization. I think that has to be balanced with building the business IQ of the design team. Yeah, so absolutely. both needs to be tackled uh, in, in parallel. And that's why, for example, your ability to communicate effectively with the business partners and uh, persuade them of the of the reasons why 
it is important to do research early and often and validate uh, your, your hypothesis and your ideas and what is the value of the outcome of those uh, tasks and efforts that apparently add time to the overall uh, product development lifecycle process, but in reality, they are giving you a stronger foundation to deliver the right solution to the market. And uh, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. those are the kind of things that I, I believe we have to have a balance. It's not to argue and complain. The business doesn't understand me. Well, have you listened to what the business feedback is and in, you know, basically um, provide the articulation of your design solutions and why you're proposing that and where uh, the design, the, where the business needs to be met uh, for you to have a more um, effective collaboration. And that's, I think, uh, where the balance of, of both sides, growing the IQ of design of the organization, but also growing the business IQ of the design team. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it falls back to something I, I had a conversation with, I think one of our mutual friends um, some time ago about how designers as a whole are one of the only groups in the world who um, stereotypically view their client or the people that they're working with as a nuisance rather than, um, you know, rather than, you know, something that they, they want to be involved in. Right. So designers kind of need to get off their high horse and understand, you know, if you're the best designers, let me rephrase this. The best designers I know understand that working with the designer is part of the design experience and they can't just force their views on business people just like they don't like it when business people force their views on them and so that collaboration that more symbiotic relationship is much more effective yeah and i think i'm i'm going to to use the a, a key word that that makes many people cringe but um we argue or we wave the flag of empathy. As <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, but then we, we don't have the any. Worst, <laughs> we are the worst at treating our peers in the design industry with a total disregard and lack of empathy. Yeah. But we're also guilty of sometimes treating our partners uh, in business and technology without any kind of empathy. So yeah, yeah we're the champions of the user but we don't care about what the business say. <laughs> We're yeah. the champions of, of, of design, but we don't care what our peer designers say, and we actually go hammer them and pile on, on them. So, uh, you know, we, we, have to, we have to use some of uh, what we preach. Uh, we have to also act uh, accordingly in that, in that same realm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So one of the other things that we talked about was kind of infrastructure. Um, in our work with, with banks and big organizations, one of the challenges that we've seen to effective kind of um, air quote modern design practice is just the size and complexity of the infrastructure. You know, banks have a lot of regulation, banks have a lot of rules, banks have a lot of complexity just in how the business itself operates. And so changing things can be really hard. So what have you seen um, at JP Morgan in terms of, you know, how do you apply a more modern design thinking approach onto such a, uh, an old complex legacy infrastructure? Well, I, I think uh, 
yeah, the, the bank has certainly some some history and and long history, but the the current structure of a, of a of an organization like ours is in its in its current form is less than twenty years old. Uh, but obviously, it carries a lot of um, uh, processes and controls that are that are part of the historical uh, legacy. Mm-hmm. I think uh, for for us to be effective in 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 a bank like like this one, uh, we have to work within the constraints, uh, whether it's compliance, legal, uh, regulatory, and if um, in other organizations that are leaner, more startup like uh, uh, cultures. Bringing a new tool or a new process is just uh, you know a flip of a switch. We have to work within the constraints of the of the of the requirements of security and safeguards and and protection of information that that a a financial institution has, mm-hmm. and that's why the investment on a design operations practice is so critical, because if it is not the design operations team investing the time to navigate. Uh, those processes and invest the time into bringing the technology with a, in accordance and in alignment with the controls that we have in place. It has to be either a design leader investing the time in 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 bringing those those tools to the bank, or it has to be a design practitioner investing the time into doing that. And mm-hmm. uh, their their value is better served in terms of working on the product. And the problems that they need to solve, while we in the design operations focus on bringing the solutions to build a strong infrastructure in terms of tools and technology and processes that the team needs uh, to be effective and impactful in the organization. Yeah, so it's kind of a meta answer, right? It's like you apply good design practice to the process of installing a design practice in a legacy organization. Yeah, and, actually, and that actually, I, I define, yeah, yeah I, I, I actually define design operations as a service design problem. And uh, it's mm-hmm. basically how, sure. we, how we deliver the, the products and the services that the design organization needs to, to be impactful. And for that, we need to do our own research. We need to validate our hypothesis. We need to test processes. We need to test tools and learn from those uh, tests that we do or those uh, processes that we go through and for the next time improve. And sometimes we're wrong. And if we're wrong, okay, uh, we we learn from that from that failure and apply it as a lesson learned to avoid that uh, potential challenge in the next next uh, uh, endeavor that we that we tackle. Yeah, yeah, it, it's kind of interesting. And I've seen this play out multiple times. Is an organization is struggling to do something, and they have the tools right in front of them, which are you know the, the design t- thinking toolkit, if you will, um, you know research, test, iterate, uh, but they fail to apply them on their own organization. And so, how have you uh, have you seen that play out at, at, at J.P. Morgan? Like you just said that you know, you're you're using design thinking processes to install the design operations, which sounds like word salad, but you know, I, I understand that. You know, there, there is a certain effectiveness there and you've been able to make that happen. Yeah, so as I, you've done that, what, what are some of the challenges that you've seen or what are some of the successes? What, what has worked, what hasn't worked? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, from a design operations perspective and because we are designers or have direct experience working with design teams in either agency or, or enterprise side, um, we have been able to leverage those lessons learned 
Um, just to give you an example, when I first joined the, the, the bank, uh, in week one, I did my technology onboarding. In week two, I did some interviewing and research with the design leaders that I had to work with. And in week three, I delivered, you know, kind of an initial uh, findings report of, of what some of the perceived issues and problems were and validated with the, with the design leadership team. So that that's you know kind of shows you a little bit of a, a mini process to determining okay what could be the first set of priorities working from a design team perspective, uh, from mm -hmm. a design operations team perspective, and then from the other side one of the um, uh, larger and more probably more ambitious initiatives that that as a whole we are uh, we and Royal we I mean the organization is tackling is bringing design thinking. Um, training and enablement and practice to the organization. Uh, so we have a, a basically a, a cross uh, line of business uh, a design think thinking advisory council that's working on, on training programs and enablement programs and uh, bringing uh, the, some of that design expertise into areas where it, didn't, it wasn't before. And, um, and we're doing that through, through form, formal training and to um, a formal uh, projects where we have, a, for example, a design sprint just to create a concept uh, of what could be the, the vision of the future or more embedded uh, you know, programs where, okay, we're going to tackle this in a six month project and we're going to bring the, the design experts uh, to work with, uh, with technology and, uh, and business together in a in a focused uh, manner, so both from a design operations perspective as well as the organizational uh, enablement, uh, tackling the, the 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 problem together. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. So, one of the things we've been working with some teams on, um, and what we're calling this is how to build a superhuman design organization. Is you've, I, I think most people understand the 30,000 foot view of what design looks like and what the design operations looks like and what good design thinking practice looks like. One of the things that I, I, I'm seeing gets overlooked a lot is a more kind of introspective look at who the team members are and how those team members interact with each other, um, interdepartment, uh, cross-discipline, however you want to slice it up. And so what we're looking at is um, how do we understand the tendencies, and this is you know, based on kind of big five psychological profiles. How do we understand the tendencies of the people on the team and then use that knowledge to help make sure that every interaction, every meeting with those people elevates the collective intelligence instead of drags it down. And so how do we think about being more of a Socratic culture where we're looking at to understand the things that we collectively know that any individual might not know rather than driving towards consensus for every decision. And so I don't know if you've been applying any of that kind of stuff at, at, at JPM or not, but I'd, I'd be interested to hear what, what you're doing and how it's working. Yeah, I think um, a, a few years ago, I got the chance to learn about um, teaming and uh, you know, how do you build teams? And there's a, a couple of, uh, of um, uh, theories that Brad and Kelly uh, he, he runs an innovation consulting practice and he has basically, I think um, it's either nine profiles of teams or 12 profiles of teams, of people in teams. 
But in any case, basically the, the perspective is traditionally we have built teams by saying, okay, we need a person for marketing, we need a person for sales, we need a person from technology and a person from design mm-hmm. without looking at, at their profile. And basically this theory is about, we need a connector, we need a, um, an executor or a producer, we need a, um, a strategist, we need a visionary. So it's like, how do we, devise those kind of profiles in our teams so we can uh, create the right structure and the right effective um, uh, group. Um, I have not done that, that in, my, in my current role, but I think um, that's one thing, one challenge that we as, as leaders need to really think and consider. And that's where I, I see my role and my uh, design operations team role is connector and reaching out to other teams that could help us solve problems that alone we cannot uh, support uh, or we cannot uh, resolve. Um, so I think that's that's a perspective that uh, that I think would be very valuable, not just for design teams, but organizations as a whole in terms of how they build teams that are autonomous, that are able to execute, uh, mm-hmm. to have the right mm-hmm. balance in terms of the role profile, not just the functional of the person that's part of the, of the team. Right. Which in a way comes all the way back around to where we started the conversation, which is designers should business. And uh, we, you need to find allies in those other units of the organization so that designers and business people and tech people can all be aligned on what they're trying to accomplish and why they're trying to accomplish it. Uh, that happens first. And then the how you're going to try to accomplish it happens later. Exactly, and and that's why um, you know I'm I'm a, I'm a true believer that uh, design is not the center of the world. Design is actually one of the um, planets in the solar system, and and we have to make sure that uh, we we understand that we we have an important role to play in an organization, uh, but. The organization shouldn't revolve around us. We should find where we are going to have uh, the biggest contribution to to the organization and who uh, the right partnerships are so we can demonstrate the value that we're delivering and we can actually build upon that to even create more uh, or, or, uh, yeah, create more opportunities for our team to thrive. Yeah, no, couldn't be more true. Well, Jose, um, it's been a great conversation. I know you're a busy man. You've got a lot of responsibility over there. So I'll let you get back to your day. Um, Really appreciate you taking the time. If somebody wants to reach out to you or or, um, learn more about what you're working on, strike up a conversation, what's the best way to get in touch? Uh, My my, my two social media channels uh, in Twitter, Jay Coronado, one, and uh, in uh, LinkedIn, Jose Coronado. um, And you can find me by... Uh, just looking Jose Coronado in design or Jose Coronado in JP Morgan. And I'm also frequently in, uh, in the speaker circuit in conferences where I'm design or design leadership. So uh, looking forward to connecting with people in, in any of those uh, uh, forums. Yeah, I've seen you pop up on lots of conferences and lots of uh, webinars and things like that. You're, you're pretty active. You're a prolific guy. Um, again, thanks for your time today. We'll put all that stuff in the show notes so people can find those links pretty easily. And uh, looking forward to another conversation soon. 
Great, thank you so much for the invitation. And I hope that uh, uh, this uh, contributes to advancing the, the discussion uh, in, in our industry. That's the whole idea. I hope so too. Thanks again, Jose. Thank you. That's it for today. Design Driven is brought to you by Nine Labs, guiding innovators and product teams through executing their vision. Find out how they can help improve your digital products at ninelabs.com. Have comments, questions, or an idea you'd like us to cover? Point your browser to designdriven.biz and click Contact Us at the top of your screen. We'd love to hear from you. Tell your friends and colleagues about the Design Driven Pod. Post on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or send them an email and tell them to go to designdriven.biz or wherever they find their podcasts. Until next time, remember what Thomas Watson, founder of IBM, said. Good design is good business.